Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. We're just thankful that you decided to worship with us today. Well, it is my great pleasure to introduce our guest speaker to you this morning. Uh, Amy Spears, uh, uh, Kenny and I have known her for many years now, and her husband, Matt. Uh, Amy is a 2002 graduate from the University of Texas at Arlington, where she earned her bachelor's degree in social work. She went on to complete her master's in clinical health at Regent University in Virginia in 2016. Amy's also a national certified counselor and level two restoration therapist. Uh, Amy has joined us this weekend uh, to kick off our first wellness workshop. It was held last night at the high school, and she did an amazing job. I know that everyone that attended was blessed by that. Uh, everyone I know, they left more equipped than they were when they walked in to address the issues that they may be facing in their life. And I know that each one of you are going to be blessed uh, this morning. She did a fantastic job in the first service, and I know she's going to do the same. Will you please uh, join me in welcoming Amy? Thank you. Thank you. Good morning to everybody here. Awesome. Thanks for talking back to me. I love that. Um, Yes, we're from Amarillo, Texas. Lauren Price traveled with me. She's also a therapist at Livewell Counseling, and her husband is a pastor. My husband's a pastor, and so we're just buddies on a road trip. Um, I've loved being here. Your community is so awesome. Um, Pastor Chris and Candy are incredible. I'm so honored that that they would spend um, the time with me and Lauren and as well as investing in you guys. It's very clear how they love their community. Um, So it's been a pleasure to be around them. And everyone that I have interacted with here is so nice and, like, easy to talk to. It's just been awesome. So thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about me. Um, we are actually joined and connected in more ways than just the blood of Jesus, which I'm just sitting here in worship and I'm thinking, it is so cool that like there's the body of Christ doing the thing that I do in Amarillo on Sundays, doing it here. And I just feel the power in the fact that Jesus joins us all. And it's just so it's humbling to me to be able to be a part of that. Um, anyway, uh, I'm from Trinity Fellowship Church and within Trinity is a, uh, organization called TFAC and y'all's church is actually a part of TFAC. So we are joined in more ways than maybe just one, which is really cool. It feels a little bit like home being here. Um, I'm married to Matt. We have been married for over 20 years. We have three teenage kids. We have a, a college student. She's a freshman. Um, in college, and then we have a junior in high school, and then we have a freshman in high school. So I was telling the earlier service, it's kind of a joke that, that we kind of feel sorry for our kids because they have a therapist mom and a pastor dad. And so anytime there's a problem coming up, like they feel like they're going through some form of deliverance or, you know, intense counseling session, and they're like, I don't need that. I just need to talk. Anyway, we listen. But our kids are like, oh my gosh, but our Children's friends' parents, I mean, they want their kids over at our house because we tend to fix them. And so I don't know if that gets on my kids' nerves or not, but that's just who we are. We are a pastor and a therapist as one. 
So um, anyway, I own Livewell Counseling. Actually, Matt and I do. And so we offer all sorts of counseling to all kinds of people starting at the age of three and um, going up all throughout the last stage. Um, in case any of you are interested, we do offer distance or telehealth sessions. You may know that word as Zoom, but they're online, and um, it's fully HIPAA encrypted and confidential. If you have any interest in that, we have left brochures and business cards and different things like that out there just so you can contact us. You can email me directly, and I'll love to help you out. And so being a counselor has really um, become a passion of mine because I love letting people know the real good news about them and how they are empowered to live an overcoming life, how they are empowered to heal. And it really is how they appropriate the cross to their everyday life, to every reaction, to every thought, to every emotion, to all your behaviors. It really is breaking down, appropriating that healing, the freedom, and the overcoming power of Jesus that he gives us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But, and as we think about it, I know that the last few years could have brought on some stress in your life. There's been a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of up and downs. It affects us all differently. Maybe it affects you in some relationships. Maybe it affects you financially. I know for our family, we were personally affected by losing a family member to COVID. So I know that there's a lot going on in all of your lives in addition to the daily challenges, the daily stressors that we have just because it's life and we and we have families and, and all sorts of things going on. So I just want to know want you to know that this what I'm going to talk to you about is designed to encourage you, to help you, not to be in any way uh, pointing out what you're not doing wrong, but rather give you the hope to see that, oh, I don't have to do that. I actually have options here. It was definitely a light bulb moment for me when I realized that about myself. So as we go through the message, just really think about your heart. I mean, just hold your heart before the Lord and ask him and get curious about what are things that I could be thinking or feeling about myself or behaviors that I'm doing that are not the way that God designed, designed me to think and to feel and to do. Okay? You know, in Deuteronomy, it says, I lay before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. So sometimes it sounds easier to say that than others. It's like I don't think we would actually sign up. Yeah, I'll walk down this road that's going to kill me. It's not that obvious. But we may have moments to where we, we think thoughts that aren't healthy for us. They actually fill us with negativity. Maybe they fill you with I mean, if we're talking about the body, cortisol, adrenaline. And then you see the worry and the anxiety that comes out of that. That would be death. So what we're going to talk about is how do I not choose death, but rather choose life? Because we have been given this uh, encouragement to choose life. So I want to pray for us before we get started. So God, I thank you so much for using me and letting me be around this precious group of people. Um, We thank you that you have provided everything pertaining to life and godliness. And I ask for clarity um, as I speak, that it would come across clear, that it would enable eyes to see and hearts to understand 
what nugget, what piece you have for them in order for them to live whole, in order for them to, to really be um, appropriating the overcoming power of Jesus Christ and the cross. Lord, we bless you. All glory and honor to you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's get started. So, Live Well is called Live Well Counseling, totally based upon a scripture out of Luke 10, 27. Okay? So, here he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. The basis of this scripture is him saying, You need to love God with everything. Here's everything that you are. Bring everything that you are and love God with it. Okay? But he categorizes who we are. He breaks it down into four pieces. Okay? With your heart, with your soul, with your strength, with your mind. Okay, so we're four-dimensional. You are a four-dimensional being. You are physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. So when you come to counseling at Live Well, this is the lens that we use with our clients Not only to teach them that they're four-dimensional, but also to help them learn how to gain awareness of themselves four-dimensionally and how to manage and overcome and be victorious four-dimensionally. Okay? And so there's a lot of times that we may have a problem, but we actually tackle it one or two-dimensionally. We don't take our whole self to the problem. For instance, let's say that I'm depressed. And if you were able, are able to hear enough of my story sometime, you would know I have totally gone through real clinical depression. Uh, I lost my dad when I was 19 years old to cancer. And um, I will say I have served Jesus my whole life. Got baptized when I was five years old and never wavered. But it, it was a real trauma for me in that story of his cancer, of him passing away. And, I mean, some of my symptoms were I couldn't stop crying ever. Um, I didn't have a lot of energy. I went to college classes in my pajamas. Okay? I was depressed. So let's say my problem is I'm depressed. I can address that by taking a pill. I can address that by exercising, by um, eating better, by uh, getting on top of my sleep, right? Maybe drinking a lot of water. Those are all good, healthy things, aren't they? Yeah. But that's all one dimension. That's just my body. That's not addressing any of my thoughts. That's not addressing my feelings. That's not addressing, like, where is God in this moment with me? What's spiritually going on with me right now? So a lot of times we have these problems and we address them one or two dimensionally and we come away from it totally discouraged, saying it doesn't work, I'm never going to get over this, and it complicates stuff for us, okay? So one of the things I'm wanting you to really... um, Take home is the fact that you're four dimensions. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Now, it doesn't mean I'm saying that you need to be perfect physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Because we can't be. You're not going to be. The encouragement that I have for you is engage them all. Engage your body, your thoughts, your emotions, and your spirit in whatever is going on with you. And then you're being whole. You're bringing your whole self to the table. Okay? And if we do that with God, that's first and foremost. 
And what we see after that scripture is when we do that with God, we're able to do that with other people. Okay? So, as you think about it, one of the starting points in really being whole, overcoming, maybe appropriating what God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us, is having awareness and having insight. Because you can't change anything you don't see. One of the examples at the wellness workshop I used last night was if there's a fire in my kitchen, but I'm in my bedroom just like organizing and trying to pick up, and I'm not in the kitchen, I can't put out the fire. I don't even know it's there. So you can't change anything that you don't see, that you don't know is there. So it is essential that we grow in awareness and we are able to assess ourselves and see, how am I doing? How's my body? Have I slept well? Am I moving my body? Am I eating well? Um, do I have any aches and pains? Do I have energy or not? My emotions, what am I feeling? Have I expressed emotion? Am I, have I expressed anger? Have I cried? Have I laughed? How's stuff coming out of me? Am I irritable? What are my emotions? Do I have joy? What are my thoughts? If there's a soundtrack to my mind, what's, what is it? If I put a microphone up to my head, what would I hear? A lot of those things we don't even notice because they're second nature. We've done it so many times, we don't even really know it's there. And then our spirit. Ask yourself the question, okay? Did I talk to God about this? What does he think about it? What are his thoughts on it? What does his scripture say about it? You know, when's the, what's the last thing he said to me? So what I want to do is we're going to break down basically four steps in order to live whole. Please remember, I'm not saying live perfect. I'm not saying live without conflict. This is not going to enable you to live life without stressors or issues. This is going to enable you to get through those. It's going to enable you to be the person you want to be in them and be the person that God made you to be. Jesus promised us we were going to have trial and tribulation, correct? Okay, take heart. I've overcome the world. Those are his words to us. In James chapter 1, when you encounter various trials, count it all joy. So it's not about, when we live whole, it's not about not having problems. Set your expectation in reality. We're going to have them. Jesus prepared us and told us so. Okay, so then how do we get through life? How do we get through relational conflict? How do we get through illness, through problems, being whole? Okay, so we're going to break that down. One of the first reasons or ways that we're going to break this down is we're going to understand the origin of hurt. A lot of reasons why we act in ways that we don't like, maybe we're not proud of, maybe we wish we wouldn't say it like that, maybe we wish I wouldn't lash out like that, man, I wish I could really set that thing down and not be addicted anymore, man, I I really wish that I wouldn't just keep cutting off relationships all the time. We have to understand why are we doing that, okay? Again, if I'm doing all those things, that's my physical behavior, So in order to understand why I'm physically doing something, I need to get up underneath the hood and see what's going on. Because our physical body, we consider that your check engine light. If your physical body is going off, you need to say, oh, okay, what's going on underneath this that I need to check out? Okay, so we're going to, I'm going to talk to you real quickly about the origin of hurt. Because hurt is what is most likely going to be producing your negative behaviors. 
And hurt comes from all types of life experiences. Maybe you have had some trauma. Maybe you've had some grief and loss. Maybe you've had some relational fallout. Maybe you've had some real financial problems. Maybe you've had some chronic illness. You've had real life experiences to hurt you. Okay? Okay. There's two main needs that you have as a person. Love and trustworthiness. I know you guys can't see this, but this is what it looks like. Love and trustworthiness. Love is going to inform you of your identity, and trustworthiness is going to inform you of your safety. So if I'm feeling loved, then I'm also going to think I'm accepted, I'm known, I'm, I matter, I'm worthy. But if I don't feel loved, I'm going, to, I'm going to understand some messages like I'm rejected, I'm a failure, I'm inadequate, I'm not good enough, I'm left out. If I don't feel safe, trustworthiness informs us of our safety. If I don't feel safe, those messages will sound more like I'm out of control, I'm powerless, I'm stuck, I'm uh, exposed, I'm alone. But if I feel safe, those messages will be different. They will be, I'm brave, I'm courageous, I'm strong, God is with me, God's faithful, I'm not alone. So what happens, like I just said, you have real-life experiences that create your hurt. Those are violations of love and trust. Okay, now, the brain starts taking in information on love and trust from infancy. Starts compiling templates, little roadways, okay? Those are like the neuropathways. Starts compiling all this information together. Now, we don't have language to articulate this, but it is getting filed getting processed it's getting constructed our idea about ourselves and our place in the world these violations happen and maybe they are very on purpose it could be abuse it could be assault it could be gossip it could be bullying it could be someone you know broke in our home there, there could be all sorts of very planned and thought out actions that people do to us that hurt us and they cause pain or it could be like a miscommunication A misunderstanding. Has anybody ever been hurt by just a misunderstanding or a miscommunication? I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't we talk? I'm sorry. I just have to say that it's kind of like the Hallmark movie. It's like, why didn't y'all talk about this three days ago instead of, like, you moving back to the city, you stay in the country town, and now you guys don't think each other loves each other. Every time I'm sitting there, I'm going, they just need to talk. That's just a little classic example of, like, miscommunication, okay? But these violations are very real. They're very legitimate. You didn't make it up. It really happened. It really hurt you. It was really hard. Okay? There's a lot of value to the experience that you have had in your life. Nobody's trying... I'm not trying to talk you out of what has really happened in order for you to not have pain. Because I know the healing power of Jesus. It can address the pain, and be enough and heal it. We don't have to talk you out of it. We don't have to minimize that. We actually bring it close and learn from it. But these violations create pain, and that's that four-letter word that we don't talk about. We don't post about this, about how much of a reject we are, how much of a failure we are. We don't start a conversation with it. We hide it. We hide it just like Adam and Eve hid it. Okay? And then we this message about ourselves. It creates behavior, okay? And we do behaviors that are not how God designed us to behave. 
Because we are thinking and feeling stuff, God did not design us to think and feel. So when he comes up to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and they're sewing their fig leaves together, he's like, guys, what you doing? Well, we, we, we're sewing our clothes together because we're naked. His question was, well, who told you that? He never intended on them having to bear that burden. He never intended on them having to cover themselves. He wanted them to be in perfect unity and vulnerability with him. He didn't want them knowing those things about themselves, feeling those things about themselves. Okay? So we have real things that happen to us and teach us messages about ourselves. Okay? And that, that creates this behavior. There's four main coping categories. I'm going to go over these very quickly. Just so that you understand that the level of self-awareness that you have about yourself is important. Okay? All right. I'm going to turn this right here real quick. You can see there's four main coping categories. Blame, shame, control, and escape. Okay? So I'm going to go over them quickly so you can kind of think about, like I said earlier, have your heart before the Lord and think about what do I need to work on? Where am I not living in the whole overcoming life that Jesus has provided for me? Blame. Blame is going to assume zero responsibility for a problem. This person doesn't typically apologize. This person is arrogant, rageful, vindictive, explosive, critical, and judgmental. It's not real easy to be in a conflict with this person because they typically don't own anything that is their responsibility. Okay? The second category is shame. Shame is the opposite of blame. Shame takes on 100% of the responsibility for the problem. Me. I should have this. If I wouldn't have just, if I'd have just not said that, we wouldn't have this whole problem. If I'd have just kept my mouth shut, none of this would have gone wrong. Um, in shame, there's a lot of depression. There can be anxiety. There is a, it feels very selfish, okay? So there's this concept of egocentric. So if I'm centered on myself or navel-gazing, I am thinking about myself all the time. And it is very self-deprecating. I'm not like cheering myself on in a selfishness like that. I am self-deprecating, but I'm also unable I don't even see my hands. So I'm unable to address and really invest in any relationship. And that comes off very selfish. Okay? In shame, you can be needy and you can be whiny. The next one's control. Control is what 70% of people do in conflict or stress. It's very norm. This control can be written off as being responsible. You know, um, within control is anxiety. There's anger. There is people-pleasing. Manipulation, codependence, being a fixer, not wanting anybody mad at you, maybe some legalism, perfectionism, being a very black and white thinker. About 70% of us in the room would be control, okay? I am. I am. Um, Most of the time, a controller thinks that they know the best way. They know the best solution for what the problem is. And the reality is that they typically do because they've done the research for six months on it. They've run all the routes. They've made the plan. They've gone to the bank. They've had the talks. They've, so they've been controlling for six months. We just didn't know it. And they, I will tell you, they probably have the best course of action for the problem. 
It's just controlling when they won't let anybody weigh in too. They won't let anybody uh, color in the lines also, okay? Okay, the last one's escape. Escape is the opposite of control. Escape is a subconscious decision to do something so you won't feel something. I call it the mini vacation from reality. So it can be any addiction. It can be withdrawing, detaching. It can be anger. There can be anxiety and depression in this. Um, this person is just not really going to address stuff, but rather withdraw, numb out, disconnect, or detach. Okay? So what you see here is that when we get in emotional pain in our office, we call that emotional dysregulation. You are not regulated emotionally. So then the whole goal in counseling for our treatments a lot of times is we are trying to help our clients emotionally self-regulate. Okay, so when a person gets dysregulated in this place of pain, behaviors come out. These behaviors we think are okay because they turn off our pain. They help us not feel this anymore, but they don't come across real good to our people that we are in relationship with and that we are doing life with. So I want to show you how this is going to affect your relationships, your environment around you, and how it just continues to perpetuate the same painful feeling over and over again. We call this the pain cycle because it is born out of that painful feeling. So you're going to have a feeling. That feeling is going to produce that coping, which is that behavior that we talked about in that other diagram. Then you're going to have other people are going to have a reaction to that coping behavior. Okay, we've got, just so you all see that, that circular map. that you guys can see that too. Okay, so this is just mapping out and organizing the previous diagram so that we can use this to see how it affects us. So let's say, I'm just going to use the silly example from the wellness workshop, okay? My hope is you laugh about it because it is silly. But let's say I head to the grocery store in Amarillo and I am coming in, I've got to grab some bread, and I see three of my closest girlfriends in the floral section, and they're just having the best time. I mean, they're laughing, they're bent over at the waist, gasping for air, and I can tell that they're, like, having a moment. And I look at them, and I'm like, oh my gosh, those are my friends, why didn't they invite me? This is so wrong. They're having, like, a girl time in the floral section of United, and I'm totally left out. Why'd they leave me out? Are they not my friend? Oh, my gosh. And then I'm just starting getting in my head about it. They didn't want me. I'm out of the group. I'm out of the club. I must have done something wrong to where, like, they don't want to include me anymore. So I feel left out. Okay? Here I am, feeling left out. So what do I do because I feel left out? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my cart, and I'm going to go down the other aisle. I'm not even going to go talk to them. Because they clearly don't want me around, and so because they don't want me around, I'm not even going to try, because I can't bear if they tell me, Amy, go walk away. We don't want you in our group anymore. Girls not, needs to not have you in it. Be gone. So I can't take that. So instead, I'm going to go just walk around the United. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to go get my groceries, and I'm going to get home. Okay, so I kind of like withdrawal, 
And then I get all pouty. I think that has an L on it. Pouty. That's the shame. Okay. So I withdraw. I get pouty. I go on another aisle. They're hee-hawing in the floral section. Well, what do they do? How do they react to that? They don't. They don't react to that. They don't even know I'm there. So then I'm going down the aisle and I'm thinking, see, they didn't want me there. They didn't come get me. They didn't come find me. They're having a girls' night. I bet they're going to get tacos after this. And we'll see if they call me. We'll see if they call me before they go to Torchies. Because if they don't call me before they go to Torchies, then I know I am really rejected. I'm out of the group. I'm going to have to go find new friends. I've been with these girls for 15 years. How do I find new friends after 15 years? Do you hear me freaking out? I am totally freaking out. Okay, well, their reaction of not coming to get me confirms that feeling, doesn't it? I feel more left out now. Now maybe I feel rejected, totally unwanted. And so then I start getting, we're just going to write freak out. We're just going to like, we're just going to own it. We just flat out freak out. Because I start freaking out. Okay, I've got, I got to go find new friends. Maybe, maybe there's an app for that. Maybe I... Maybe I get on social media and I just start looking up old people that I were, was in friends with a long time ago. Maybe I go through my contacts and just like randomly draw people. Here I am just going down the grocery store aisle doing this. Well, what's their reaction to my freak out? Correct. So then what do I feel again? The same thing. So then what do I do again? Then what do they do? They still don't know anything's going on. And they're laughing about the fact that a, that somebody run over something and got a flat tire and la da da It had nothing to do with me. Did they actually say, be gone, Amy. You are not welcome. We are closing our 15-year friendship. We are having a girls' night tonight, and we are formally exing you. You do not get to be included. You are left out and rejected. No, they didn't do that to me. I was thinking that because guess what? Life in my past, has shown me that. I've learned it. I've experienced it. But that doesn't mean it's true. I'm believing things that aren't even true about me. In fact, I'm believing things that are in total disagreement with the thoughts God has about me. He has never, ever, 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 ever thought these things about you. He has never thought you were rejected. He has never thought you were unsafe. He has never thought you were out of control. He has never thought you were powerless. He has never thought you were weak, not good enough, unworthy, or devalued. He has never, ever, ever thought that. So when we are thinking and feeling this, it is actually being in disagreement with God. Okay? Now, I will also say, I understand why we do this. Okay? I get it, but that's the point where we have to rewire our brain and we have to begin to go on this journey to live whole, okay? Which leads us to an awesome scripture, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind by testing. You may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So Paul is saying here, he starts out the whole scripture with a do not. So let's say, isn't that, I mean, I think that's important. When I have my teenage driver getting behind the wheel for the first time without me, 
I'm definitely going to start with a do not. And I'm going to start with more than a do not than this, right? I'm going to be, okay, don't speed. Um, don't put a jillion people in your car. Don't text and drive. Don't call me while you're driving. Wait till you park. Don't jack with your iTunes. I mean, I'm going to do a lot of don'ts. Why? Because I know that my kid's prone to doing that. Because I know they're going to get tempted to do all those things while they're driving. And I also know that if they do, it's going to be really hard for them to stay safe, to make good choices, to get from A to B in a way that they're supposed to be able to do that. Paul's saying the same thing. He knows that we are very prone to doing this. He knows that that we're going to feel very naturally inclined to conforming to the way of this world. Conforming to the way of this world, in my definition, I'm not just... We're not just talking about like a cultural mentality in whether you're a conservative or a liberal. When we're talking about this, I'm talking about this. Continuing to be conformed to the experiences that you've had in this world. This, is, this will feel very natural to you. You will think that this is the right way to go. But it's not when you line it up next to God's design of how you view yourself. So then he tells us what to do. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you look up the word transformed in Webster's Dictionary, it means to undergo DNA change. So what he's actually talking about is neuroscience, cellular change, rewiring the brain. And that's how, and we do that by renewing our mind. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a tool to know how to renew your mind, how to go from here to what is true about you. So we got to look at the truth. Embrace the truth about us is step three. This is how God sees you. Okay, so this is how we apply this, okay? So when we are dealing with this negative stuff, we also have the option to take it off and to put on what's true. We're going to cover a scripture in Colossians about this, but there's all throughout scripture, it talks about taking off the old man and putting on the new man. Okay? You guys may be familiar with the scripture, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we've got to think about what's the truth about me. And then this cycle turns into being the one we get into. Our truth creates a new action for us. And this new action actually turns into us being the person we want to be and who God made us to be. And we'll find it positively impacts other people. And most of the time, their reaction is going to confirm what we're believing about us that's true. But it's important that we talk about, like, where do we get our truth? Okay? So you have three sources of your truth. It's very important that you realize we define where you get your truth because the source matters. It's either valid or it's not valid. Okay? So if, if I'm telling you something that would really matter to you, and would uh, change your life or not, you'd probably want to know where I heard that. You'd want to know if where I heard that was valid, if where I heard that was credible, okay? So we're going to identify what are the credible sources for you. The first one's God, okay? We're going to look at what does he say about you in his word. Most of the time, if you can tell me a scripture about God, his faithfulness, his character, and it's not even talking about his beloved directly, but it's talking about him, it's going to mean something about you. It's going to mean something about me. Okay? So we spend time in the Word. 
we meditate on the word. It means we set our mind, we set our mental dimension to focus on the word. Okay? Uh, time in his presence, time in worship, praying, journaling to God. All these are ways that we connect to God and can get from him what he says is true about us. Second source is people that you trust. The statistic for a person who's considered trustworthy is that this is a person who's the same to you 80 to 90% of the time. A highly predictable individual. Our, our circle of this number of people is going to be quite small. This is not everybody we're in relationship with. These are the people you've probably been in relationship with for a period of time to where you have seen certain cycles come and go in their life and they still are predictable for you. They're steady for you. And they, they got your back, but they're also going to be real honest. Okay? These people are really, really important in our life. And then the third source of truth is yourself. And the way that we do this is we look back at our life. We reflect on the seasons, on the hardships that we've had. And we realize, oh, my gosh, I'm not still in that thing that I was in all those years ago. Maybe I'm strong. God was with me. He was faithful. I wasn't alone. People showed up for me. They loved me. I'm loved. And you use that. Isn't that revelation that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? This is how you use your testimony to heal you and also propel you into your truth. We don't have to be ashamed of our story. We can be healed by acknowledging it and seeing how God pulled us through and how we really showed up and came out of that thing. Okay? Okay, so now I'm going to teach you guys there's a four-step process that you can practice at home in order to assess yourself and then set yourself back in a good place. Remember, we're focusing on Romans 12.2. This is not about having a perfect life, not having any problems, not having any conflict. That doesn't exist. So what we're doing is we'll apply this and it will enable us to get through the conflicts, to get through the stressors, being the person that we truly, deeply want to be, and being the person that God made us to be. Okay. So we're going to look at Colossians 3.10. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, after the image of its creator. So this is talking about putting on the new self. It is a fundamental thing that we take off the pain the lie and put on the truth we do that because we have gained knowledge our knowledge has got to turn to action we have to put boots on the ground with the knowledge that we gain from being with God okay all right so here's your four steps they're going to come up on the screen what am I feeling So, let's take the United example. What am I feeling? I felt left out. I felt rejected. Okay, so I acknowledge, what am I feeling? Step two, what am I doing? So, what I did, what I'm doing because I feel that way, is I'm withdrawing. I'm pouting. I'm freaking out. But then, step three, got to say what's true about me. So, I'm loved. 
God has shown up for me in my life. He's been faithful to me. He sees me. I have people in my home that love me and care about me. And I, I've got this friend that really cares about me. And God said this to me the other day. And I'm stirring myself up by way of reminder like Peter tells us to. And I remember, I'm loved. I'm okay. So then step four, so then who do I want to be? Or in another way, what do I want to do different? I want to be confident. I want to be at peace. I want to go be relational and connect. So I'm going to go take my cart, and I'm going to walk up to them, and I'm going to act like I belong. I'm going to act like I am loved. So when I, act, when I believe I'm loved, I will go love. When I believe I'm okay, I will act okay. And I'll connect with other people. And then now, the truth of what Jesus did for me is directly affecting my relationships. It's not just affecting me. It's affecting my relationships. And I want to just propose that we cannot give away what we do not have. So if I don't believe, if I don't have, if I haven't experienced the love of God, how hard is it going to be for me to be confident and love other people? It's going to be really, really hard. I'm going to be white-knuckling it for a while and then, and then wonder, why does this not work? So in that uh, chapter in Colossians, in Colossians 3, just to close, I want to show you something. That like, from the verse 3 to 16, you guys, that would be something you could read, like, Meditate that on that this week. In that stretch of scripture, it says a verb ten times. There are ten times that it says to put on, to let, to take off, to set your mind. It says it over and over and over again. So clearly the writer means it, right? It's something that we really have to do. So essentially what it is is like Jesus has made the way. Jesus has set you up to overcome. Jesus beat it all. It is our job. This is what is on us. It is our job to take it off. It is, all, it is our job to let. Just like the scripture, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. You have to let it. It is our job to set our mind. It is our job to put on. Okay? And God designed you, I want to encourage you, he designed you and empowered you to be able to do this. He made you to be successful in this. I don't want you to doubt that. He has. He has wired you. He has enabled you. He will energize you. He will strengthen you to be able to do this. So I want to pray for you. And then the, the, t- the ministry team is going to be on the back wall for prayer also in a minute. But if you would just bow your heads, I want to pray over you and your heart. Lord, I just thank you for every soul in this room. I thank you for every story that's sitting in this chair. I am highly aware of the stories that are in this room. And I know that you see, you know, you felt, you experienced them all with each person in here. And we are so thankful that you are acquainted with us and our griefs, and our hurts. And so I pray over these people. I pray over their hearts, Lord, that you would strengthen them with a boldness to look at perhaps the areas of their life 
that are not in agreement on the deeper level of what you think about them and that they would have the strength to embrace that and to walk that out. I pray, Father, that you would provide these individuals, if they need a listening ear, if they need an objective voice, I'm asking for divine provision that they would have that, that they would have a safe place to be able to learn about themselves, to get aware of themselves, not for the purpose of seeing any failures or shortcomings, but for the purpose of renewal, for the purpose of being whole, for the purpose of really stepping into the all-consuming power of the blood of Jesus. And Father, I pray blessing on them. I pray that there would be a grace on them as they pursue that health physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you in the morning. In the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, He is for you, 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 He is for you. before we go through that cycle of harm again and that you would lead us through those steps to step into that peace cycle. 
Lord, you've given us the power, the authority, the freedom in the name of Jesus to do that. Lord, your word says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we believe your word is true. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, before you leave, I uh, just have one last announcement. Uh, Amy mentioned that uh, their contact information for Live Well is out in the foyer. Uh, you can pick up one of their cards, one of those pamphlets. They can do remote sessions if you if you wanted to do that. Also, uh, she spent about two and a half hours yesterday morning equipping some of us, the pastors on staff, our elders, and some of our ministry team in these techniques. There's a lot of uh, lists of words and emotions and feelings um, that are helpful to go through that process that she was describing to help you identify those things. And if you would want to walk through that or talk through those steps, reach out to us. You can talk to any of the pastors on staff, put a card, a connect card in the uh, offering boxes and just say you want us to touch base with you on that or walk through some of those steps with you. We would love to do that. You're not alone in the body of Christ. We're here and we're walking through all the same things together. Amen. Amen. Will you be blessed? God bless you. Have a great week. And thank you, Amy, for being with us. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 